Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everybody. We have a uh, special guest today. We have Matt Chan in the house here to talk about all things fitness, hunting, being a TV star, <laughs> fireman, <laughs> young looking face, <laughs> all sorts of things. How old are you, man? I'm 42. Yeah, you're doing good. Uh, so I, uh, I'm not a big uh, CrossFit dude, so I had to look you up. So you're kicking ass in the 2010 through 14 range. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's about right. Um, luckily enough, I got into that sport um, just for exercise for firefighting uh, at a really kind of early stage in the game. And I'd say you went overboard looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's like one of those things. It's like, if you're good at it, you, you kind of, you want to get more involved in it, more involved in it and see where you can take it. Gotcha. So you took Second in 2012, is that right? In That's correct, yeah. Was it, um, did you expect that? Like, did you, how did, like, you shoot a bow, you shoot tournaments, you got a pretty good idea if you go to a national shoot, if you don't choke your ass off, you're probably going to do okay. Did you know that you were going to, that you were at a fairly high level while you're doing it here before you went to the games? Yeah, that year I, uh, I was very confident going into that one. I trained, it was my best training year ever. And uh, I also took a leave of absence from the fire department to, to focus on training because I knew that year of like my body felt good, no injuries. I had a really good coach. Um, and I knew that my age was kind of tipping the scale of what was going to be, you know, possible. So, um, I think at the time I was 36 and, yeah. and everybody else is like 22, you know? So, <laughs> so, so this was it for me. And, uh, I really put everything into that one and the events turned out in my favor and, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and just kept a good mindset throughout the entire competition. Now, did you, did you start a CrossFit gym after that or no. before that? No, before that. So yeah, uh, my wife and I, uh, Sheree, she, we started training people out of my garage and, uh, slowly kind of built that business up in 2008. And, uh, now that business is still around. It's called CrossFit Verve. Uh, they have a 10,000 square foot space on Larimer, 34th and Larimer, so downtown in the Rhino area. You get a lot of, what's the word, hot moms down there, like soccer moms, <laughs> yeah. MILFs. MILFs, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I, it seems like the people that want to get involved in CrossFit are generally people who take care of themselves. And yeah. because of that, you see, you know, good looking women, Trophy you know, real s- strong looking dudes, it's you like know, you need to get your ass down there. <laughs> <laughs> I go to a CrossFit gym. <laughs> yeah. The, when, when you, uh, after you play second, did that up your membership over there? Like, oh uh, yeah. 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 You know, uh, right after that, it was funny. I started training no Sean Moreno. You mm-hmm. guys remember him running yeah, back yeah. for the Broncos. Yeah. And I, I know that wouldn't have happened. Um, if, if it weren't for my placement in the 2012 games, Reebok, uh, who was a sponsor of mine, sent Noshawn over because they were in their lockout season. And uh, we trained him for about eight weeks. And he was coming off of a hamstring injury the year before. And uh, that's just one of the many opportunities that came up because of that second place finish. Got to travel the world. Um, you know, lots of lots of cool stuff because of that. Well, that is cool. So, <clears throat> Frank, uh, which one do you go to? CrossFit Lakewood. CrossFit Lakewood. You probably know my coach, Orion. Yeah. So I, I uh, we used to make fun of CrossFit, and then he fucked around and joined a CrossFit gym. Now he's CrossFitting it up like crazy. And your physical fitness level, I don't know if you'd quanti- – I'd say what? I don't know if you quantify it, 30%? Yeah, it's gone up, and I, especially endurance-wise, I, I think that 
it's my endurance for me, is, fuck, is, is gone up significantly. <laughs> so I like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really focus like on getting super strong, but to make it transfer over to hunting and hiking and stuff, I think my endurance has gone up like crazy. Uh, that's, I mean, honestly, that's, that's what I like about it too, is everybody always asks about a specific program for a specific sport or endeavor. They're always like, Hey, you got a, a program for climbing or you got a program for hunting or firefighting. It's like, yeah, you know what? I got the perfect program for you. <laughs> and it's, it's the same. It's the same answer for all of them. It's just like, as long as you are going long from time to time, going short and hard from, from time to time and, and then lifting heavy from time to time, you're going to see improvements in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it is it's going to prepare you for anything, yeah. but I, it, nothing's going to prepare you for packing out an elk though, man. I, <laughs> I got to experience that for the first time last year and holy cow. I've got that part down. That is not my problem. I, uh, but I, the first time we talk about this all the time, cause we didn't make, f- we poke fun across it a little bit, but nothing crazy. You joined and then probably a year, several months later, we hiked in and usually we're pretty close and probably what a quarter of the way in. I'm like, fuck it, dude, just go. I'm like, I, I can't keep up. And you probably beat me a few hundred yards up this climb, you know, it's whatever a mile climb, but it's pretty much straight up. And I would say that was when, you know, for me, I'm like, oh yeah, CrossFit's, it's working. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, you didn't, I mean, you didn't really slow down the whole way up. Yeah. And, I've been going for about a year and three months now. Started in last April. And it's, it's weird that you brought that up. Like, you know, nothing preps you for an elk packing them out, preps you, right? Just like (laughs) CrossFit. So I would say that's one thing that I, you know, used to packing heavy weight where those explosive movements, like obviously I've seen CrossFit and watch Frank work out or whatever. That is where my heart rate skyrockets because I don't train that way. Right. right? I, I put a heavy backpack on and uh, we live at 10,000 feet. My wife drops me off at the bottom of the mountain. I live on Conifer Mountain okay. and I hike up to the top. And then I do push-ups and abs and some other bro shit, right? Where the explosive, the shit I see, like the other day, I'm like, do you guys run much? He's like, yeah, we do two, four, six hundreds with burpees. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so my heart rate stays fairly low. Yep in my wheelhouse once i get out of the one trick pony world my my fucking heart rate skyrockets like the other day i was doing uh burpees and uh i don't know if there's a crossfit workout but um basically what dumbbell snatches mm-hmm. my fucking heart rate shot to 150 out of the gate where yesterday my heart rate didn't go over 110 with 50 pounds on my back right but i'm kind of a one trick pony and that's what i do yep so I'd probably have a heart attack the first time I went to CrossFit or the first couple of times because my body's not used to it. Absolutely. I mean, I doubt the heart attack, but you know, the, the thing about it is, is that (laughs) our body becomes very efficient at what we provide it with stimulus, right? So if you, if you always are giving your body the same stimulus over and over again, you're going to adapt to that and become efficient, right? So for the most part, I'm guessing you do mostly aerobic work Mm -hmm. and your body has adapted to perform a lot of work at a low heart rate, which is very beneficial for hunting. Um, except for those moments where it's like, you know, you have to have the high power output stuff and that's where like, okay, my body's transitioning to an anaerobic phase or metabolic pathway and it's inefficient. I could tell you, I was dragging that sheep out. Um, I hiked the sheep out, no problem. When I grabbed a hold of it to drag it 150 yards, I mean, just for examples, my fucking heart rate skyrocketed. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Snyder, what's going on? But totally different. You know, I got it in my pack, went right up the hill, no problem at all. And I 
bug Frank about this all the time because it curious to me like what you're talking about where your body could become heart rate monitors on our watches. Yep. We're shoot a 3D course or hiking and whatever. My heart rate barely doesn't go up very often. And then I do something where I get out of that wheelhouse and it just skyrockets. So Yeah, you know it right away. Yes, I do, it, which yeah. is depressing. So I've tried to start. I've got a, well, as much as I made fun of CrossFit, I start, I, op- I built my home gym and then I had 400 people tell me I built a CrossFit <laughs> You got gym. a CrossFit yeah. gym at home, just doesn't really know. Yeah, well, I mean, it does. Yeah, I mean- I think, and I, it'd be curious to get your take on this, like how lazy the Americans are in general. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot to do air squats and push-ups, right? You don't, you don't need a fucking gym to do that. And people, we do push-ups all day in the office off and on, just stop, knock out 25 or 50. I just had TRX cables, you know, some kettlebells and uh treadmill. I don't have a whole lot in there, dip bar, you know, and that's about it. But if you were to give advice to the average American who bitches that they're fat and they don't have time which is pretty much America, what would you give them as far as get cracking? Well, I mean, first of all, just having a single set of dumbbells and maybe some rubber bands, you know, just your standard uh, jump stretch bands, those things, you can create an ungodly amount of weight or resistance with those, with the combination of those two things. And uh, I stick with the biggest uh, bang for your buck movements. So the major functions of the body, which are push, pull, squat, and hinge. So an example of a hinge would be something like a deadlift or a power clean. And you can do that with a set of dumbbells. You can do it with a set of bands, you know, probably a little more difficult. Um, and then obviously push would be anything from a push up, bench press, shoulder press, push press, all that stuff. Um, and pulls would be pull-ups, bent, bent over rows. I mean, all those bang for your buck movements, like if you can incorporate those in a varied format where some days you have a lot of resistance, but the duration of your workout is short, making the workout more intense. That's important, right? That's what probably you should focus on for more than- You are correct. Three days a week. (laughs) But then other people, they're really good at that short, high power output stuff, and they need to go a little bit longer. And that's where like using your body to move over a distance is super important. And that could be running and combining it with some burpees, like you said. And a burpee is great because it has a hip hinge, a press in it. Um, and, and I'm not it, a fan. I'm not going to lie. I, don't, <laughs> I did them a lot in the yeah. army. I you like may not me. like yeah. CrossFit then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, if you cover those bases of just those major hip hinging, mo- I'm sorry, those uh, major body function movements and, and then combine in some running, some crawling, some sled dragging, stuff like that, you don't need anything fancy. That is one thing I took from CrossFit, just watching guys do it. You know, the, 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 the garage type of workout was knowing what I did from, I power lifted forever and strongman competitions was, you know, a, just a, a, a couple bars and you're good to go as far as a workout. And, and it, guys message me, us frequently, but, um, the ones I get are, you know, Hey, I'm 40, I'm 40 pounds overweight. What do I do? I'm like, fucking do something, right? Do anything, right? You're, you're probably not doing anything now. Obviously diet, I always say is 65 to 70% of the equation of, of working out. Cause it's going to be hard to work your ass out of a bad diet. But you know, the one thing you can knock out, I always tell guys, try to do four sets of 25 pushups, four sets of 50 abs, do four sets of 50 air squats. And then as you kind of master that, I started doing air squats with like a standing, you know, like a jump in the middle of it. Right. Yep. Which was fucking depressing for me because I do air squats constantly. And then I started doing jumping, jumping squats. Yeah, and that just spiked the fucking heart rate up. I was like, how can that be that big of a difference where I went from doing, 
you know, four sets of 25 with really no major crisis involved and then incorporated the jump. And my heart rate went from an average of 90 to 100 to 120 adding the jump, which for me who analyzes or overanalyzes a lot of shit, I'm like, what the fucking fatty, right? Like, what the hell? Because <laughs> I'd never done them. Yep. And so you were talking about crawling. So I would do push-ups with leg lifts involved. And then I'd do a, I don't know, what are those are called, where you lift up the dumbbell when you do a push-up. Oh, like, kind of like a row. What is that called? Yeah. Some sort of row. Yeah, one-arm row. with. Well, then I did that with the crawl. Immediately, 30, 30 beats per minute, my heart rate spiked up with the crawl involved. So I would do a push-up, lift, lift, and then crawl. Yep. Fuck, I was like a fat guy. I, it's amazing, I guess, is what I'm getting out of changing those small things out of your normal wheelhouse. Yep. To where, so I'm trying to get better at it. I, I am. <laughs> well, and, and that's, you know, not everybody's, you know, agrees with the CrossFit methodology, but I, I will say that the one piece of it that almost everybody finds to be valuable is the variance part of it. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's the thing is that if you're, fi if you find yourself doing the same thing every single day, you're getting really good at those things. But as soon as you get outside of what you're calling a wheelhouse, uh, where it's a new movement that you haven't done before, you're going to experience, you know, what it's like to do a new movement right away. You're going to feel that heart rate spike. You're going to feel your respiratory rate go up. Um, so that constantly varied, it's, it's a, it's a luxury too, because like, it's never boring. You can always try something new and, and get, you know, get your ass kicked and be like, okay, well, I suck at that too, apparently. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. And, and as much as I, you know, poke fun of CrossFit here, I, Emma, I just tell guys that ask me about, should I join? I'm like, man, just work on form. Like don't yeah. get in there and, and, um, you're not going to the CrossFit games. Yeah, exactly. Just and chill guys out a little will, bit. Yeah. Because you can do a lot less weight and get more of a workout than more weight incorrectly. Same as powerlifting really, or any kind of lift. And you start doing Olympic lifts incorrectly, you can fuck yourself up quick. It's a, it's a, those movements are very dynamic movements <laughs> where you're changing from position to position quickly and as soon as you stat, start to add load, now there's risk. Yeah. Yep. yeah. What would you say the number one injury, what, what, I have my, the kip-up things or whatever, what do they call kip-ups? Kip Pro probably, kip yeah, kipping pull-ups or butterfly pull-ups. Yeah, those are the two hard that on I the look at. It would be hard on your shoulders that I tell guys if they already have shoulder injuries, maybe to skip that one. Yeah, just do um, strict pull-ups. Yeah, and it, obviously coming from the military, I'm a strict pull-up guy. Yep. But then again, I've tried, um, what was Dan Mead doing that day? Muscle-ups. Muscle-ups. Fuck me. Those are horrible. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, if guys, I think, do them correctly, they probably don't get injured, but have you had any shoulder injuries? No shoulder injuries, knock on wood. Um, I, the, the issues that I've had have been related to my back. So, um, I just got done two days, three days ago with some stem cell injections into my knee, uh, and into my back because I've had herniations of a bunch of different discs that impinge on, uh, nerves. And then what I find is that that nerve impingement, unfortunately, uh, kind of shuts down a, a certain muscle. So in this case, you know, this last six months, I've been dealing with my vastus medialis, which is basically the teardrop part of your quadriceps. Yep. Uh, that thing, I cannot fire it on my right leg at all. And because of that, I've injured my, my knee to the point where, um, I needed kind of some invasive stuff to happen. And I went to a osteo, uh, orthopedic doctor and they said, uh, Hey, it's time for a knee replacement. And instead of doing that, I went the route of the stem cell stuff. But I'd say to go back to your question, generally it's, it, what I see is back issues. Yeah. Um, and with the amount of demand, uh, re related to load and also repetition and fatigue, 
the back is probably the first thing to go. People who are tight, uh, who who generally have, and this is you know those forty plus men uh, who have tight upper bodies. Um, I got to wipe my ass from the front, dude. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to work on stretching. All right, I mean, there's a lot of guys in those shoes, and, and those are the guys that end up with shoulder injuries or or pec or biceps injuries. I rip my bicep off, um, which this would whatever construction it was. I'm carrying too much crap, but the one thing I've noticed um, that I, I get. Um, Oh, whatever, golfer's elbow and, and tendonitis. A lot of it's in the upper arm transitioning down. So if I stretch my bicep out, yeah. it helps um, the actual tennis, whatever the fuck I've got in my elbow, right? So right here, I've got some issues in here, but if I really roll out from my shoulders down, it seems to help. And I'm not a you know doctor by any means, but working on, Oh, for, you know, for example, if I get like plantar fasciitis, I yep. got that once. Well, it's my calf muscles. Yeah, it's your calves. Problems. So I'm rolling my foot. It's not doing shit. And, and then my buddy's like, man, just do stair drops or calf drops on the stairs. And immediately it went away because everything's kind of connected. But as a knuckle dragging redneck, right, you really don't. You look at the point of where it hurts and you're like, I need to fix that right there. And it was hardly ever that point that fixed it. For right. me, it was always a point, two, two or three muscle groups away transitioning down and even like hamstrings transferring, you know, down, like my lower back is stiff. Well, usually if I stretched out my hamstrings and then my, my psoas, my lower back stopped hurting. And oh, yeah. I didn't have shit to do with my lower back. I did, but it, I, I, learning all that, and I'm only bringing this up because of the amount of followers we have that have 40-year-old construction workers, right? Yep. Eat, you know, horribly and drink beer every night and work construction, never stretch out in the morning, where you guys are forced to. I mean, you have to because it's your career to a certain degree, uh, especially to place as high as you, you know, do as well as you did. I mean, how many competitors were there in 2012? Well, I mean, I think there was something like 300,000 people that did the open. Open, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's, it's a great point though that, that needs to be stated. It's like, God, how bad would it suck to draw the tag of a lifetime? And as you're hiking out there, you, you, you blow your Achilles tendon, right? Yeah. It's, <clears throat> which happens. Right. It uh, does. Yeah. And if you're not prepared uh, physically for the task, bad things are going to happen. And it's so easy just to, I mean, everybody watches TV at night, right? To just pull out that foam roller and hump it for, you know, 30 minutes of your, whatever your schedule is that you're watching television. We went to a new level. We have a foam roller, this spiky mat you lay on, it's fucking horrible. And then that the gun oh yeah the guns are great that gun is a lifesaver you got a gun too didn't you yeah and then we got that that psoas thing now because my lower back's been stiff yep. um i had that psoas five minutes in the morning and it back releases immediately yeah um i i i, I honestly contribute uh attribute probably 50 to 75 percent of people's low back problems with a tight psoas yeah hip flexors because Generally, we all, we're sitting right now. Yeah. Generally, people sit all day long, and that just shortens that psoas. What happened with me is driving to whitetail hunts and then sitting on a tree stand. Yeah. Sitting, 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 sitting. Yeah. And then, you know, you get down and drag an animal out and then, you know, throw something over your back. Like, was not good for me. The, Texas is not good for the- <laughs> It's not good for health overall. No, no. <laughs> a lot uh, of barbecue. <laughs> a lot yeah, of fried food. Ding-dongs and ho-hos in a tree stand. But I, uh, Frank, how old are you now? 31. So you haven't hit the bad. I would say 35. I 35. went to shit. Is that uh, so? At 35, I backpacked into the wilderness and um, I couldn't couldn't walk downhill. My IT band. Never taken ibuprofen ever. Also, never stretched a day in my life other than what I was supposed to in the military. 
I couldn't fucking walk downhill. I thought I blew my ACL out or something. You know, I'm limping. I duct taped my legs straight. And I ran into a mountaineering dude that was bow hunting back there. Kind of kind of like you getting going, you know, getting into, he had just gotten into archery. And he's, he sees me packing this elk out, limping like crazy. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, ah, it's a good question. I have no idea. I can't walk downhill. I said, I can walk uphill fine. He immediately was like, oh, it's your IT band. So he had me f- roll on a Nalgene. I'm pretty sure pee dripped out the tip of my wiener, right? I was in so much fucking pain. Well, that was knotted up, and I never would have, you know, it was knotted up just below my ass. Um, so, of course, I went home and Googled, you know, foam rollers popped up, Googled the uh, IT band. I never had an issue again, but truly, I was that ignorant to, one, ibuprofen, two, stretching. Like, not that ibuprofen's good, but as far as, uh, I just kind of went out and did shit and never stretched, never did anything. That IT band was so tight. I went to the doctor and they had talked about having surgery to lengthen it. That's how much I hadn't stretched. And you're talking deadlifting and squatting. You know, at one point in time, I could deadlift over 800 pounds. Oh, no never stretched a day of my life. <laughs> I used to be roided out like crazy. So now my body is reaping the rewards of all that dumb right, shit. Right. So the foam roller... We, f- we foam roll pretty much every day. The so so right, uh, whatever the hell that so as thing is. Yeah, they're like poke. Uh, it's got two fins. It's, yeah, it's a little devil. Uh, but first time I laid on the so as, I'm pretty sure I peed my pants then too because <laughs> I was so built up from years and years and years of not stretching to where how much like now are you or how much did you focus on stretching from 32 to 35 on compared to pre? Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, if my workout was, or, you know, my training session was generally like, let's just call it like two to three hours, uh, each day, I'd probably spend half that time throughout the day, uh, doing some form of mobility. Good and, God. And, and even now, like, you know, I, my workouts are only about an hour long, but I, I'll spend probably about an hour in the evening using the Theragun or, uh, you know, doing a little foam rolling, uh, holding, you guys know what the couch stretch is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. so holding the couch stretch, just sitting there watching television for a little bit. I do that constantly now. Yeah. If you yeah. don't, I mean, yeah. if you don't, it's just like, fuck. Yeah. My back hurts. <laughs> my, my, my back hams- is broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish I, you know, it's easy to look back cause I, I got a couple years on you and looking back now, I'm like, man, what a fucking dummy I was. Cause we would go max bench and about you know that was my stretch yeah, right? crack that, your knuckles and yeah, go for it yeah exactly to where you know it's and i give shake frank shit all the time i'm like dude you you're gonna it's gonna catch you eventually well you've started early i guess i mean you know as far as yeah, stretching. I've had guys like you and uh orion's been a good coach he's i told like when i turned 30 uh 31 last year he's like yeah you're gonna start seeing your, your performance is gonna go down <laughs> if you don't start eating right and yeah. if you're not stretching so I got all that shit, the foam roller and the, that hypervolt gun. Well, it's you're really eating helped a lot. way better now too. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I eat elk meat just about every day. So, um, I'm, I'm and just healthy, healthy yeah. as possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm bad with bars. I eat too many protein bars where you're bringing home, like we, we have four or 500 pounds of meat at the house. Like we have three deep freezers full. So we eat healthy at night every night, but he's bringing his food in every day and I'm running over and grabbing a protein bar, which is pretty much a candy bar with protein and it. it's not great. So you've like probably in the last four or five months really turned yeah. it on. Yeah. Especially when quarantine started, I figured like there were going to be a lot of people that were going to deal with it differently. And, uh, I wanted to 
make improvements during that time because fuck there wasn't anything else going on <laughs> so uh, i wanted to eat right and i i mean and we did a uh, zoom workouts like you guys were saying just a dumbbell orion let us um rent uh equipment so all i had was a 50 pound dumbbell and we were doing zoom workouts every day and we're doing single hand power cleans or snatches and all kinds of crazy stuff and i, I just I felt like I, I did a lot of improving during that time frame. Yeah, the great the great thing about like addressing nutrition is you're going to see all of the the hard work in the gym pay its benefits much faster, mm-hmm. much much faster. And you know, generally, what you know, my my wife's a nutrition coach, so I you know kind of have discussions with her, and she's like, you wouldn't believe how little protein people eat. They mm-hmm. most people are they're high on the carbohydrates, high on the fat, and low on protein. And they wonder why they're not getting the results from going into the gym. As soon as she switches that around with them, where it's like a little bit lower carbs, moderate fat, and higher protein, you know, all the hard work, you know, starts to turn into muscle. And now they are carrying less body fat. And frankly, I mean, you feel better too. Mm. Inflammation was the thing that I noticed the most. In fact, we got, you know, buddies that bow hunted or kind of the same demographic we're talking about, you know, past 40 and my knees are sore. And I'm like, do you drink? Do you drink pop? Do you drink soda? Yeah, but it's diet. And I'm like, well, that's fucking worse than the normal shit. Probably like cut that out of your system. And they'll notice within a week, this dynamic change of inflammation, you know, issues. And we don't drink soda or anything, but the other thing is um, processed carbs. Like we go to Alabama or Texas and hunt and eat like shit. I noticed it for a week or two oh, yeah. when I got back. Well, in fact, I called the, I don't know if you're, you know, Josh Bomar, bow hunter. Anyway, the fitness, the nutrition company. I called him and he gave me this basically flush system. He's like, dude, take this, 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 and this, and just drink tons of water, which I do anyway. But I literally was like, how the fuck do people survive living there? Because I only ate like that for a week. Right. And I felt horrible. My stomach was fucked up. And I was, I mean, literally could, like bring a tear to a glass eye, my farting, right? Like I'm like, my <laughs> yeah. God. And people eat like that every day. And and for here, I say I, I eat fairly good, not as good as Frank, but my wife's all organic. She cooks everything organically. And we have, you know, red meat or, or not red meat, but well, whatever, elk, mule, deer, mountain goat, whatever, every night. And then I'm going to tell another story. I shit my pants off a tree stand. Like I, from, <laughs> we went to a deep fried food place, like uh, all you could eat. I've never had fried okra, right? I'm eating fried. What, well, you were there the one time. They had fried fucking bread. They did have fried bread, yeah. It, it was good. Kinds of, yeah. <laughs> Everything there was fried. <laughs> well, you think about what that does to your, your body. I mean, it's, it's detrimental long term. Yes, yeah, so I, I kind of treat, you know, my hunting day is kind of like a, a competition day. Yeah. And the the one rule with competition day is you don't train or you don't change what you've done in training because the last thing you need to hap- have happen is some gastrointestinal issues, right? Yeah. Especially out in the field. Like, yeah, you just shit your pants while you're sprinting. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you know what time you're going to, you're going to have to take your crap. Yeah. You know, you know, if there is a second one, usually it's around this time and I'm going to have to kind of head for the woods. It brings up a good point. One thing I noticed when I got into fitness, how much you talk about poop, uh, <laughs> which is awkward for people not into fitness, but anybody that's fit knows their digestive cycle. They know actually what they've eaten, what what their poo looks like. Like literally I was, when you get into a non-healthy circle and talk about that, they're like, oh my God, you're talking about poop. And I'm like, it's pretty normal, right? Like that's your digestive system is important, right? You you need to know what's going on. And I did notice that like um, 
a few different people where Amy was like, how many times did you poop today? And I'm like, I know, right? Like three times already. We take krill oil, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, people are looking at us like we have horns growing out of our ass. And I'm like, you guys don't talk about poop? Yeah. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. But what um, diet-wise, like caloric intake, where are you at? Well, where are you at now and where were you at when you were, you know, like competing super heavy? Okay, yeah. So uh, back in the day, you know, I probably around 3,600 calories a day, uh, depending on the, the training schedule for that day. Um, and that would keep me at about 212 to 215 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, I'm generally like right now, actually, I just, I just had this procedure on my knee. So I've lowered it to almost just about 300 calories more than my basal metabolic rate. So sitting, doing nothing, I burn about 1800 calories. So that's like, you know, enough to s- sustain the muscle mass I have and to perform basic functions. Um, but you add a few hundred calories on that because I'm thinking and doing, you know, walking around a little bit throughout the day. So about t- 2,100 calories, uh, the last few days, but generally I, I do about 24 to 2,800. Um, and I, and I try to keep it so that it's mostly, uh, 30% pr- uh, protein, 30% fat, and then 40% carbs carbs are necessary. Um, but that's really dependent on the person. Uh, my body type is, it's more like that mesomorph yeah. body type. I'm and a, I'm a fatty, I'm an endo. <laughs> so, so yeah. So each of those, uh, like usually that, that split of macronutrients will be different from person to person. Some people respond very poorly to any, uh, any carbohydrates at all. So they've thr- they thrive, you would probably thrive on fat. Yeah, I do. And, and can you, we've talked about this before, but there's three basic body types. There's the fatty, which naturally I'm kind of a fat kid, right? And I, you, you, this is my definition of this and then you take it over. Sure. And then there's the muscle head, which is more like you, you're naturally fit and you've packed on more muscle. And then there's the anorexic kid, the kid that can never great gain muscle. And how I explain this to people is if you're going to, in my case, I really have to watch my diet because I can look at a cheeseburger and all. I'll gain weight. Right. Um, but I also gain muscle pretty easier size. I can pack on size. Well, we're a skinny kid. He's going to have, he's going to have to really concentrate on a high caloric intake of a certain like nutritional value to gain above that specific body size he's at, or he could grow to 40 and never 40 years old and be 150 pounds the entire time. Yep. Do you want to kind of dive into all that and explain it a lot sure. better than I just did? Sure. Yeah. So uh, first, let me just say I'm not a nutrition coach, and a lot of the stuff, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I've learned is just simply from you know helping other people try to reach their goals in the CrossFit world. Um, and and generally, like you said, there's three kind of major shapes, and you can just think of it as like you're either shaped like a circle, you're shaped like a triangle, or you're shaped like uh, a line or a, like the letter I, and you can kind of associate each of those with a different kind of plan. So for me, the triangle, uh, 40% carbs, 30% fat, 30% protein works out real well. Uh, I'll, I'll maintain my, my, uh, my muscle mass. I won't put on much excess body fat unless my caloric intake is really high. Uh, for the circle, those people generally are very carb intolerant. So any carbs at all, they're going to store uh, more, more body mass. And, uh, that may be muscle tissue as well, but of course it's going to be, it's, it's largely going to be body fat. So that person generally, if they're trying to keep their body weight down, 
but still have enough fuel to kind of exercise and, and do all that stuff, limit the carbohydrates to about 25% of your total caloric intake and have your proteins and fats be much, much higher. Um, and then of course there's the, I think it's the endomorph, which is the eye, the skinny guy that can't put on weight. Generally, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Those people just don't eat enough. Uh, almost nine times out of 10, when you, when you have somebody that's, uh, the, the skinny guy track their food intake, they're usually under 1500 calories per day and they go long periods of time between meals. Ec ec that is definitely not me. You're right. Ecto. Morph is fatty, and yeah. endo is skinny, yeah. and meso is muscle head. Right, I think so. Meso is easy because it starts with an M, right? Yeah. Muscle head, M, so, meso. <laughs> so, so that guy that the, is the skinny guy that wants to put on weight, and for you know hunting, obviously that person is going to have a more difficult time packing anything out. That's kind of like the useless, yeah, <laughs> the useless guy of the group because <laughs> he just can't carry as much. Yep. Um, so that person generally they're carb tolerant. So in other words, those people need to eat more carbs. So generally around 55% uh, of their total caloric intake can be carbohydrates and they need a high amount of protein and low fat. So, uh, a, a good rule for most people is one gram of, of protein per pound of body weight. And yeah, we've heard that for forever and ever in the bodybuilding world. Yep. And generally that works out really well for all three of those body shapes. And then what you have to do is just simply play with the carbs and fats until you find what works for you. And the problem that you spoke to earlier is that these fried foods, not only are they high in carbohydrates because generally it's stuff like potatoes, you know, French fries and, and stuff like that. But now you also soak them in grease and now it's high carbs and high fat. And then you shit your pants. And then you shit your <laughs> pants on a tree stand. <laughs> I, I, it's good we're talking about this though, because what we you get, I would say, in the last one thing I've learned in 20 years, a lot of bro science, right? Or, or you get um, the skinny little stick figure training coach that's judging it off of his lifestyle and his body style. So one of the things with a guy built like me or, or more of a fatty, people, that might be something where if they do more of a, a fat and uh, protein diet, yep. they're going to shred weight like crazy. Yep. But then you get a, a stick figure orange juice, potatoes, like anything high caloric intake is, is a, a bonus for them to a point they almost get sick because they're not used to taking in that much calories as far as them gaining weight. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the diet advice I see some people get though, and it's no different from, you know, some dude that hunts out of a tree stand, giving a guy backpack hunting advice. It's, it's piss poor advice. He's a tree stand hunter. Well, if you have a stick figure giving stick figure advice to a, um, an ectomorph, it's, it's generally shitty advice and especially young trainers that haven't been around the block um, and seen m multiple different body types because I've had guys give me advice and I'm like, dude, that's fucking horrible advice. Like my body type doesn't work that way. Like I can't take in a ton of carbs. Right. Um, and Frank, although I would say you're closer to ecto probably than you are anything because, I mean, you, get, you can get fat fairly easy from what you've told me. Yeah. So he's super – um, he's, he's very diligent on his, his diet. Mm -hmm. My thing is, is like, if I eat sugar and complex carbs, I can immediately feel it in my, my fat roll, right? Yep. You, I can just tell, like you can look in the mirror and tell in my face where if I stick to fat and protein, literally within 36 hours, you can tell a noticeable difference, even in a photo from cleaning out my body and getting ready to the carbs. So I am very carb intolerant. Yeah. So a general, a general kind of rule for, for a lot of people that, you know, that are listening to this, that identify themselves with the circle. 
is he's much nicer. Daddy, <laughs> you say circle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is is if you if you are shaped like a circle, generally eat meat. You yeah. know, uh, uh, like the size of your palm. Have two of those, yeah. right? Two palms full uh, size meat, and then fill your plate with vegetables, and then also have a little bit of fat on top of that. How whatever method you get that, because. Car, uh, your carb would be that vegetable and you can eat veggies to your heart's delight because there's so many micronutrients that will feed your metabolism in it that, uh, that that's kind of a gimme. Um, but staying away from things like potatoes, especially like you were talking about refined carbohydrates, especially if it's packaged, it's shit, it's garbage. Yeah. I, uh, we get, I mean, while I'm making fun of people, I get guys that send me their diet that they're on and I'm like, Dude, you're not on that diet. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're fucking 50 pounds overweight. You are not on that diet. What do you mean? I'm like, you're on a bodybuilder's diet. You copied that shit from a magazine. Yeah. Like you, you're just, thinking about doing that diet, but you, you haven't done it. Well, yeah, just from knowing like carb depletion, like especially the, and then not to say I was in the bodybuilding world my, myself, I trained for one, but, and I still sucked at it because of the carb deficit you hit, right? You go oh my to- God. Uh, you know, you're you're bridging down to a point that last week you're you're taking in basically no carbohydrates, right? Before the, so if you're telling me you're taking in 80 grams of carbs a day, which people don't realize that isn't shit, really. 80, it doesn't take much to hit 80 grams of carbs a day. No. Um, like if you read a protein bar, that fucker's probably got 24 to 28 grams of carbs just in one protein bar, and then. A beer, what's that, at 30? Well, if you, yeah, <laughs> the beer is everybody's biggest problem. Every guy at work that, you know, they, they show me their diet, they talk about their diet, and it's like, well, there's something missing here. Yeah. What's missing here? <laughs> like, well, at the end of the day, I usually have one or two or three beers, and it's, and you're absolutely right. You, you know, that's 75 grams of carbs right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well- And at the worst time. Yeah. I was going to say, the one thing, you know, we, Frank and I, we talk back and forth while, like, well, we have guys that are uh, like Bomar came on. He's like carnivore diet. Veggies are horrible. And everybody, I mean, my, my wife's a huge veggie person. So she's, and she's Italian, right? So she's motherfucking Josh Bomar at home. Right. Like he's fucking full of Block shit. Block his like, number. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and he was basically saying that unless it's flash frozen or immediately out of the garden, veggies are horrible because they build up an anti, you know what? I'm not going to try to explain it. Listen to the podcast. Well, you know, for most people that if they're wrapping their head around, they've kind of, they need to, don't worry about how the watch is built. Just focus on the time. Like, yeah. it's like, look, cut sugar out of your, like, I think what you, you re retain three micrograms of water for every microgram of sugar you put in your body or something like that. Or sodium is the same way. So if you cut out sodium for the most part and you cut out sugar and you cut out complex carbs, if you're 15 pounds overweight, you're probably going to drop what 15 the first couple of weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's not that hard. Is it, what I <laughs> it really isn't. Um, and the the hard part though is sticking with it, and, yeah. and that's the part where like sometimes hiring a nutrition coach, especially for hunters that like they want to feel their best come September. Yeah. Uh, hiring a nutrition coach that knows what the fuck they're doing is a terrific idea, and there's great apps out there, but the thing about it is is you have to be consistent. If you can just set a goal that, hey, for three months from now, I'm gonna eat whatever the fuck I want, but for right now, I'm sticking to this plan that this person or this app is giving me, 
you're going to see benefits. The difference from the app is the app does not fat shame. And I am very much <laughs> into fat shaming because if I wouldn't have been fat shamed, I, I would be fat, right? So people get give me shit about being a dick. And I'm like, look, I was the fucking fat kid. Like I got fat shamed into being more healthy, if that makes any sense. Yep. And get people get mad. And I'm like, look, like I can't spell well. It is up to me to spell, to learn. And so if Frank's calls me an idiot. I can't blame anybody but myself. I should have paid more attention. Yep. Well, if you're jamming fucking ho-hos down your, or donuts every morning and you're mad because someone called you fat, well, maybe you shouldn't eat those fucking donuts that morning. And that's how I explain it to guys. I'm like, look, you're writing your own book here. Like, this is your own destiny. Yep. And so you need someone to hold you account because Frank's very diligent. He can run an app fine. You know, he can, he can do the fitness app. Where I need someone to call me a fatty every now and then, that is where I think it is important to get a coach because that coach is going to hold you accountable. The app, it's not like at the end of the day, if you're over, it's like, hey, fat fuck, you screwed up. <laughs> it needs it, but I, in my opinion. Yep. But the tr- nutritional coach is going to hold you accountable. And generally, like the one that I see, I get a my basal metabolic rate. They check that. They check all my blood work and then they do the the scan, right? They're telling me my, my body mass index or my body fat percentage. Yep. One of the things that helps with is at first I gained 14 pounds. I got on TRT was one of the things or test replacement. Well, I was worried. I'm like, fuck. Well, I didn't gain any body fat. I was gaining muscle. Yep. So it made me feel better that, okay, I may be gaining weight, but I'm not gaining fat, uh, which was important. That's where you come into play or your wife is you can document all that, make sure they're staying on the right path and then tweak things as they're walking down their, their path of, of nutrition. You can tweak things to help yep. them. Yep. I, I'm, I'm kind of like you are. I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't understand why you're just not doing this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I gave you the fucking numbers. Why aren't you following the fucking numbers? <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, a real coach, like, <laughs> like my wife, she's, you know, she, she understands that there's a psychology to helping people with this and everybody has their issues with food. They have their issues with, you know, past trauma and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think it sounds like we're a lot alike where it's just like, fucking deal with it, you know, hold yourself accountable. You know, if, if you're eating that food and, and you're fucking sitting there crying about it, stop eating the fucking food. But there are people that, you know, they have issues with, with all that stuff. And that's where a real coach can, can help, you know, help with that stuff. I just got to keep it out of the house. If it's, I have low self-control with junk food, so I just don't buy it. Well, my, yeah. my wife, I love her to death. She's Italian, so she's a feeder and she doesn't, she has great discipline so she brings home peanut butter and it's for her, but it doesn't fucking matter who's it's for. It's in the house, right? And mm-hmm. I can not go and buy it, but once it's in the house. The whole jar is gone. Yeah. Well, I posted, I woke up in the middle of the night. What was that? Three weeks ago. And the next morning there's a banana and date syrup and an empty thing of peanut butter, right? And my knuckles are sticky and <laughs> I, I photoed it and I'm like, this is a fucking problem, right? And so. Yesterday, I was, I was like, hey, honey, I'm going to try to wait and uh, not eat until like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And then we were having fish. And I'm like, so make sure, you know, keep me honest. And she's a feeder. So she's, she's horrible. So at like 1230, I went to eat a spoonful of peanut butter and she came around the corner. And she's like, you fat fuck. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. And I'm like, no, I, she was laughing, but I'm like, I have to be held accountable. Yeah. Like I'll make her hide shit. I, cause I just admittedly I should have the discipline, but that discipline I don't. But as long as I don't know it's there, I'm golden. But yeah. the moment I do, it's a problem. And I, I try to be as honest as I can about it because everybody has the, mm-hmm. like 
we went and did cardio, you know, and so I'll work it off. Like I keep a pretty good track of my caloric intake a day. And so I'm like, fuck, all right, honey, drop me off at the bottom of the mountain because I'm going to burn off whatever, you know, sins I made throughout the course of the day. I'll at least walk that shit off if I had a bad day. And like cheat days for fat people is a fucking horrible idea in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like people are like, well, the rock has a cheat day. I'm like, yeah, he's the fucking rock. Does it look like he's got problems? <laughs> he's like a mountain of muscle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a cheat day to me is just getting all those bad things back in your system to let you know how good they are. Yeah. And I, I don't deal well with those. Are you in agreement or disagreement? I agree. I think cheat days are great as a reward. It gives people something to look forward to. Um, but like you said, the frequency in which those happen differ from person to person. I can, I can manage one cheat meal a week and I can still lose weight, uh, if I wanted to. Um, whereas some people, they work hard all week at a caloric deficit. They're torturing themselves all week long to, to, uh, to see uh, the scale just drop 0.2 pounds per day. And then at the end of the week, they're at like 1.2 pounds and they're like, oh, thank God I made it. And then they fucking ruin it <laughs> by going up in weight again. After- well, I can tell you on a cheat day, I can eat 8,000 calories and that's right. no bullshit. Cause people are like, no, you can't. And I'm like, the fuck you can't. A thing of peanut butter is what? Probably 3,000 calories? Yep. I'll eat that without blinking an eye. Yeah, one Ben and Jerry's thing, I think, is like 1,500 calories. You know, I mean, I can polish off two or three of those. Well, Frank's probably laughing, because Frank's seen me. I'll eat. Dude, that Josh Bomar peanut butter, that is like Dude, I can't order it anymore. It's so good. The problem with... (laughs) These are my own issues. (laughs) If I have one of those open, in literally an hour, it'll be gone. Because I take... Because my basal metabolic rate, they checked it three times. Uh, Jessica did. It's 2,300 calories. So I burned quite a bit. Yep. 2,300 calories isn't shit when you have bad dieting. So if you have a container that like Amy buys of the almond butter, that container is literally 2,800 calories probably total. Yep. I can eat that before 9 o'clock in the morning and not be full. Right? I don't feel bad from it. The problem is, is after I've eaten that, I've gotten that hunger going. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. So here's probably the the thing that would trigger you the best is like eat before you get hungry. Yeah. And that's, and and that's what Frank's doing well is that he has a plan that he can execute because he's already packed up his food. And, uh, you and I are, uh, sounds like a lot alike where it's like, soon as I'm hungry at all in any way, shape or form, it, it, my body skips thinking about, you know, steak and potatoes and and broccoli and it goes straight to donuts, birthday cake, uh, you know, ice cream, (laughs) like, because it's just, it wants glucose so bad. Yeah. And I, I, the one thing too, as I eat, I try to eat every like two hours, two and a half, three hours, somewhere in that neighborhood, small meals. So like I just ran over before you got here to the gas station and believe it or not, people bitch about traveling, but you can, if you know what you're looking for, I got raw almonds and cheese, right? I, I, cause I do well with fat. I'm mean, fats. I'm better off eating fat than I am a bar. So, and, and so I'm trying to not eat so many bars. So when I tell guys that they're like, oh my God, how do you not, you know, weigh 400 pounds? I'm like, well, I'm not eating a fucking six piece chicken meal. Like I'm eating something because I'll binge eat. And that's what happens when people do the no carb diet for like four months and they drop all that weight. And then their body's not used to carbs and then they binge eat when they get off of it like a motherfucker and they gain back everything they lost and even more. Jason Phelps. How many times have you seen Jason Phelps? <laughs> go up and down? He's a buddy of ours. He's always been doing pretty good as uh, AJ. He's a fuck. He's Ethiopian. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's one of those guys that saw the results and went, 
full retard. Like yep. he dropped what eighty pounds? He dropped a lot of weight, and, well, now, and, that, and that's great. But you, like you said, you, you've got to have a reintroduction plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. Your re- reintroduction plan shouldn't be okay. Hey, I lost my eighty pounds. Now I'm ready for that birthday cake and all those Ben and Jerry's <laughs> that I've been thinking about. <laughs> But it, but it can be, you know, I'm going to slowly start introducing carbs and see what my body tolerates, but I have to also now reduce fat. Well, I'm sure there's going to be people that are listening to this laughing, thinking, fuck, that is so much me because everybody's got issues like you were talking about. And the, the one thing, and Frank's seen it, like we go to hunting camp, what I ate, two full boxes of raisin bran, the big ones either, not the little ones, because mm-hmm. we don't have, ra- we don't have cereal at the house. I don't eat cereal. Well, then we don't have milk. We have almond milk. Well, they have 2% milk and raisin bran. I fucking shit through a window screen for a week, right? I never (laughs) eaten that, you know, I hadn't eaten that in a year. Well, I, you know, guys get around that type of a thing and having that discipline to stay away from it for me is the huge thing is just keep it. It's like, you don't want to cheat on your wife. Don't go to the club, right? Just stay away. And so for me, I don't want to cheat on my body, so I have to stay away from certain things or I'll fall. And and one of them, like you said, is not eating. If I go like the whole, what do they call it? The, um, you know, where you don't eat for- Intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. That shit doesn't work for me because I'll binge eat, right? right? I, I can't. They're like, oh, you shouldn't eat for 16 to 18 hours. And I'm like, well, when I do eat, I will fucking destroy a household. Like, yeah. I, I can't do that. And, and it makes sense what people say. Yep but it's not for, for my body type. Yeah. The pe- people do have a lot of success with that time-restricted eating, though. I mean, I've seen that at the firehouse. Guys that, you know, they uh, they just really had no control of their of their diet, and then they implement that, like you're saying, the eight-hour window of eating yeah. followed by 16 hours of fasting, and they don't change their diet at all. They, yeah. don't, they probably don't even change their caloric intake at all, but those, that 16-hour fast allows the body to recover um, it repairs cells and they say that it actually can boost testosterone, which as you've experienced is, uh, is great for muscle mass and muscle mass consumes energy. It's not the 16 hour part. I don't have an issue with some of those fasts. They talk about you eat one hour a day. Yeah. No, that, that is where I can't like, <laughs> I got a, a fasting app Just and as I'm much like, as you can look at reading them. <laughs> Who the fuck eats this? Some dude in Africa, maybe I, I can't do that shit. And I, but the 16 I can do. Like I don't have any – as long as I eat right at 16 and I don't binge eat and I take my food so I don't yeah. you know, overeat. But when you start pushing past 16 – and he's seen me. I get hangry. Yep. It's fucking bad, dude. I get – I turn into a total dick. Like yeah. when I, I can't go that long without food. Um, I, When's the first time I went ape shit at a show once? I've seen him hangry a few times, yeah. Like yeah. we've been at a restaurant. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what can you get me right now? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I need something – now yeah. and they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm not shitting you. I got. They probably soon. spit in whatever they brought you. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, the fuck this guy. I yeah. mean, the brain operates on glucose. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're, you know, hypoglycemic, <laughs> you're gonna be, you're yeah. gonna experience emotions, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I, Jocko was talking about a, you know, three day fast. I don't know why the hell you would do that. But I mean, I guess if you want to cleanse your system, and I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing, but for me, if I'm doing backpack cardio and I'm, I'm burning 3,500 calories a day and I don't eat for three days, what would be good for it? What, what good would come out of that? Well, I mean, there are some things that are a little bit over my head, stuff called like cell autophagy. So basically you're recycling your cells where uh, damaged cells are either 
uh, metabolized or, or repaired. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the big one that fasting does, um, which is kind of like an anti, anti, uh, cancer thing Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but like you said, you can clear out your, your GI tract and have like a reset. Um, so when you come back to eating and you start fueling yourself with good food, it can actually be a little bit more metabolically efficient. Mm -hmm. So that, that can be great. But I think for Jocko and those guys, like, you know, they're, their mind over matter. That's yeah. they're, they're, they they want to have that control of their of their brain and body. That you know, hey, I can do this with or without food. Even though my body, everything's telling me that I need to eat on a two hour uh, on a two hour cycle, where it's like every two hours I have to have a meal. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to go three days and not and not have it because I can. Because I'm going to tell my body that I can go without it. And it's there's, not, there's it's a, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a modern day. I mean, we could stop on every street corner and get food. So, what do you guys think about uh, rest days? How often do you rest, and when should you rest, and stuff like that? I'm bad about a, a, a total rest day. I'm I'm getting better at them, but I'm not very good at total rest days. But what do you? Yeah, I, I like I like working out every day. I I know like. Um, like with powerlifting, obviously you, you, there's more recovery involved with a heavier, heavier weight. So when I say, I know the bro science around it is, you know, you, you, you know, I would see guys, some of the strongest dudes I knew, uh, back in the day, you know, would lift, skip two days, lift, skip two days. And, 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 but they were going for one, you know, they're looking at bench pressing seven, 800 pounds, right? They're looking at these astronomical weights, uh, for, you know, for recovery where I think with, with hunting, you're never going to get a break. So you should train applicable. This is my own personal opinion. Obviously you should train applicable. Like you don't get to on Sunday say, ah, I'm go lay around in the tent all day. Right. So you should probably try to work on your performance at the same level. You're going to be hitting it in the mountains. Now I'm not saying if you're sore as shit, you should go run a marathon, but I think blood flow, right. Getting the blood moving yeah. and then maybe stretch. That's one thing Amy's been working on with me is rather than a punishing myself, we, on the mountain, right? I we she drops me off between two and a half and five miles at the bottom of the mountain, and I climb back up with like fifty pounds. Is she's been working on me just going out and stretching, like walk a mile yep. and then stretch for fifteen, like really getting the blood, you know, moving, which has helped a lot. I mean, for for you know, this has been like two and a half months we've been doing this. Where I know some guys that are just like, fuck it, I'm gonna beat myself up today as bad as I did yesterday, and I don't think that's probably good for for me. But what what do you think? Yeah. I, I generally try to lift heavy twice a week, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, there is science behind that, that, you know, your your nervous system, the general human, the nervous system from a maximal effort takes 48 to 72 hours to kind of re- recover from and to be able to fire at that uh, at that level again. It needs that, that time between maximal lifts. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't do body weight stuff or lightweight stuff with high repetition. And that's, you know, I, I think, again, this is a testament to a constantly varied program. If you have your two heavy lifts per week uh, that you do, and I, again, I like to mix those up, whether one's an upper body lift and one's a lower body lift, uh, but you can pick and choose what kind of fulfills those categories. Then all those other days, like if that's your maximal lift, which is like, you know, maximal mus- muscle recruitment, like, hey, you've packed your pack full of 150 pounds of elk and you're down in the bottom of a squat and now you've got to stand up with that backpack for a lot of people that's that maximum strength that they don't have you got to get those days in there um but then the other days are like it's important to work on stamina so high rep uh body weight or even just lightweight stuff is is great 
And then uh, I do love a single day per week that's just a long, slow, aerobic, uh, low heart rate. Just go until you feel like, yeah, you know, I've had enough. So <laughs> run 15 minutes one way and then fuck it, turn around and fi- run 15 minutes back. <laughs> yeah. Put put on a rucksack and, and walk for an hour, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. I, I think a lot of people listening in, like one of the things I want to make sure and I guess stress is, you know, for most people listening, doing something is quite a bit more than they're doing now. Um, meaning you don't have to overcomplicate it out of the gate, right? I mean, as you get more into it, you can get more complex because a lot of times people get on here or they'll read about something and they're so baffled, they, they don't know where to begin. And beginning, you can just do some air squats and push-ups and go walk, right? That's a good beginning, right? <laughs> do something. And then you kind of can write your own book from there on out as you learn, figure out what your body deals well with. One thing I've, cause you know, obviously coming lifting heavier back in the day. Now I hardly ever bench press. Um, yeah, I, I do 50 to 65 pound dumbbells and I'll do, um, like 12 wide grip bench and then I'll put the dumbbells together and I do 12 cl- close grip bench and then I do 12 one arm bench. So in a row, right. Where before I would have made fun of somebody lifting that w- way, you know, cause he's, you know, what do you bench, right? Just throw on four wheels and get going where now I'll flip over from that, do push-ups, flip over from that and do abs and significantly better total package than I was just, mm-hmm. you know, bench pressing 405 for, you know, three sets of four or whatever. Yeah. Which is super <laughs> impressive, but it probably, anytime you are that strong, uh, generally you're going to have other gaps in your fitness. Yeah, there was a few hundred. Yeah, well, and walking upstairs. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? And it's the same with the people that can run a you know sub seventeen minute five k. You know, they obviously are going to have gaps in their fitness on the mm-hmm. other end of the spectrum where they they can't lift any heavy weight, uh, even though they can you know run a six minute mile for miles upon miles. I got to pull this photo up and I get shown. I just it out. It's unique. Um, <laughs> it's unique. <laughs> uh, well, I was taking a lot of other shit, right? But the one thing that I, like Frank brought up is uh, probably my peak. I got up to about 270 and I remember walking up a hill with my daughter. She was five and I was so winded, right? And I, I was still hunting, but I got out of backpack hunting for a little bit and I couldn't walk. I mean, it sounded like Luke, right? 150 yards, I sound like Darth Vader. Like I just couldn't, you know, breathe. And, and there's got to be, I think for everyone, if you're hunting, there's a happy medium. Like if you're into powerlifting then rub some funk on it, right? Do whatever. But if you're going to, hunt and be semi-successful other than tree stand hunting you gotta have a fairly high you have to your 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 fitness ability needs to be relatively high and it can't be just one thing and and you see these disgruntled well frank you probably see it too these guys like fit shamers yeah where they're like (laughs) oh you know i've been fat my whole life and kill animals probably some truth to that Mm mm-hmm uh, but I will say, you know, I've never had a chick walk up to me and say, I wish your chest was smaller, right? <laughs> like, you know, like there is a total package there where being fit, feeling better, not having stomach issues, leaky gut syndrome, like it's all good. Yeah. And you're not gonna have a heart attack chasing after an animal. And that's where I say fat. I used to be that guy. Like I kill shit. I'm fat. Yeah. That's the end of that story was the biggest part. I'm still fat. Right. So like, you know, pick up chicks. That's important, right? You want to look <laughs> decent. That's important. And you're going to just feel better. Feel better. All, overall. Yeah. You know, I, 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 unfortunately, I think a lot of people, you know, shit all over other people's hard work because it makes them feel better about themselves. But, you know, I, I do agree with what you're saying. Some exercise is better than no exercise. And if you don't know what to do, do something. 
right? Yeah. And then you build it up from there. Yeah. Right? Do a yeah. hundred air squats in one day and, and start there. If you need to rest five minutes between sets of 10, by all means, that's a great place to start. Sit on the couch, stand up, sit on the couch, stand up. But yeah. I would say though, like when I, when I say do something, meaning, you know, when you first go to a gym, it's pretty intimidating. You don't know yep. what things to do. Well, if you go into the gym and you can just do some abs and simple stuff and watch people, you know, let's say you can't afford a, you can't afford a, um, like a trainer initially, you can Google shit. I mean, you can find out stuff to do relatively. It's easier now than it ever has been in history, right? You can find out what you're doing. Um, and then you, I would say the kind of like shooting as you come more financially stable, get a coach. Like I wish I would have gotten a, a physical a personal, a good personal trainer and a good dietitian earlier mm -hmm. because I went for eight or nine years thinking I knew about dieting and knew fucking basically nothing mm -hmm. about dieting. Well, and think about how many households today, if you walked in their house and they said, hey, I've been eating healthy, will you check? And you can throw pretty much everything away they have because they don't know what healthy is. Yeah, actually, do you want to cover some of that? Like when you talk about eating healthy, do you want to cover some of the big no-nos people probably have at their house and maybe they shouldn't? Well, yeah, sure. The number one is, you already mentioned it, is soda. I mean- Yeah. Or uh, pop, depending yeah. upon what side of the world you're from. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Why are you calling it soda? It's pop. Whether it's, whether it's diet soda or whether it's, you know, the full flavor, um, that stuff is just, it's just killing you. Liquid I, sugar. It basically. is. And I hate to say it, but, you know, people have to limit their alcohol intake if they want to see results as well. And that doesn't mean eliminate alcohol intake. It just means limit alcohol intake. And generally what, you know, when we coach people, the, the biggest thing we ask them to do is just limit it to one day a week and, and have your fun. There's your, there's your fucking cheat day. Yeah. Um, but the, the other things that we see generally in, in people's like fridges is processed carbohydrates. Anything that comes in a bag, um, you can sure shit, just assume that it's, it's not going to be good for you. But yeah, I think, you know, things like cereal, uh, any sort of like grain-based uh, foods that are high in carbohydrates, those can be a little rough. Breads, but there's room for everything. That's the thing. If there's you, pretty healthy breads. Like Ezekiel yeah. bread isn't bad. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Awesome. That, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of those that are like sprouted grain breads. They're all, all that stuff is great. It's just on a sliding scale of things. You know, like you could have natural pe ground peanut butter versus Jif. I mean, yeah. there's always better options. So I don't think that like looking inside somebody's refrigerator and and kind of judging who they are by that is really a, the best option. But what I but I will say is like if you look inside of somebody's fridge and you see all processed foods, mm -hmm. that tells a good story right yeah. there. And that's kind of what I was getting at because I and I agree with you with what you said because you you can't judge a book by its cover, but you open a fridge, you get a pretty good idea, yeah. right? Like, like if you see a lot of veggies and you see like, you know, uh, game meat and yeah. you see, you know, uh, uh, whatever, Kerrygold butter in there. And that's the only fat that's in the whole fridge. Yeah. It's like, okay, this guy's, he knows what he's doing. Well, it's funny. People come over to the house that aren't quite eating healthy and there isn't a whole lot of shit to eat at our house. If you're a, not a nutritional person, cause Amy's runs a pretty tight ship. Like you open the fridge and there's, you know, generally like um like a salami or elk of some pepperoni sticks, whatever. And there's avocados, right? There's a ton of veggies and fruits, and and then there's peanut butter, which is my problem. Where you know, if somebody comes over that used to is used to having those oatmeal ho ho cookie things, right? 
they don't know what to eat because that's their normal snack where we have raw almonds uh, or cashews or whatever. And people, me being one of them a long time ago, right, if you're used to snacking and it's one of those Kellogg's bars and then you look and you're like, what do you have? And Amy's like, oh, we have avocado. And they're like, that's your fucking <laughs> snack, right? You mean guacamole? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I will say one thing that I found is finding a supplement um, something to supplement. This is for fat kids mostly, meaning if, um, you know, my issue was whatever cookies or, you know what I mean? Finding something that like almond milk, right? I like milk. Almond milk is, is, um, for me, uh, dairy is not so, so good. Right. So when I say dairy, high content or, you know, a high amount of dairy and then like cheese and jerky or cheese and a pepperoni stick or, or whatever, like if I'm super hungry rather than eating something with super high in carbs or sugars, same thing. Um, I'll grab some cheese and a pepperoni stick and I'll eat that and, and that to curb my appetite or whatever. Um, in fact, I think when I say fat kids, I mean, that's the biggest one that they have to worry about is find something that'll kind of curb that appetite. Um, because if you don't, you're probably going to end up binge eating later. Yeah. So. Well, two of my favorites right now for the people that are like, okay, what the fuck are they talking about? Two of my favorite <laughs> things that are like super easy that can prevent you from binging because it's fast, easy, and you can bring it with you wherever uh, is these power bowls uh, with cauliflower rice. You can buy them at every grocery store. Uh, they are, I think they're 330 calories. They have 20 plus grams of protein and they have only like 14 grams of carbs and less than 10 grams of fat. It's an easy addition that you can bring with you to work. You, shit, you could have two of those in one meal and still be better off than 90% of the fast food that you're going to eat. Yeah. Um, and then there's this treat that I absolutely love right now. Have you guys had uh, Too Good yogurt? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That's what Amy has. Yeah. yeah. The high, the high protein yogurt. Yep. It's got a, I only think it has like two grams of carbs and uh, a little bit of fat, but then it's got 12 grams of protein per, per 150 grams. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll just to finish off my macros, I'll, I'll have three or four of those. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like ice cream. Yeah. No. And that, like you said, just like ice cream, that's the important part. Cause if you're used to eating ice cream, you're probably going to have to find, especially initially, something to supplement the ice cream, right? You're to cur like like to 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 keep you on the on track, I guess you could say. And that was something I initially had trouble with because, I mean, what that's what I was going to show you when you're, you know, whatever that size, I was eating everything. Um, and then when I was trying to diet back down, I'm like fuck, I can't. I don't have the. I don't think you have a neck in this photo. It's bad. <laughs> I didn't have the mental. I, I didn't have the discipline like Frank's talking about where I was trying, because I was eating eight to 12,000 calories a day. Well, then I was taking mint chocolate chip ice cream with mint chocolate chip weight gainer. And Kaylee talks about it, my daughter. Can we have protein ice cream? And, and I would lift super heavy at the gym. I'd eat a normal meal and then I would eat a half a carton of ice cream with pro. Well, and weight gainers fucking ridiculously carbon and caloric heavy. Yep. I'd mix it together and eat that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, oh, I'm going to diet now. I was like, fuck, how am I going to stop eating this much? Because I was so used to it. So that's where, like, you talk about those power bowls. Um, like, you know, the protein, yep. they have protein bowls. They have, um, you know, basically where there'd be salami and cheese and almonds or berries. Like, anything's better than processed foods. Yep. So I had had to try to cut back like that. And, you know, there's probably skinny guys listening that are like, you know, don't get it. 
Well, yeah, but you're skinny, right? They, you have a total other problem. You're probably never going to bench press four or 500 pounds. Right. Where there's, you know, when you get a skinny guy, which I'm not a good coach for a skinny guy, he's going to have to have issues of, of gaining weight in a totally different, you know, diet, so to speak. But, right. Um, yeah, n- nine times out of 10 for that person, it's just uh, uh, the frequency of their meals for the skinny guy. Yeah. It's the yep. frequency of their meals, including enough uh, protein, you know, to fulfill that one gram per pound of body weight. And then also for those guys, it's got to be high carbs. Yeah. One of the things I did, I would say for, for people that are a little short for their weight, you want to do a gram of protein per, per pound of body of, of your muscle at a minimum, if not more, because if you're 250, but you only have a 107, you know, in your 20 some percent body fat, you don't, and I guess I'm, I'm asking you as I'm saying this, you don't have to have 250 grams of protein a day, but you want to hit 170 to 180 because that's actually how much muscle you lean have. mass. Lean mass, yeah. That's what yeah, I mean. if if people are have the ability to do you know one of those fancy scans or a, a caliper test with their coach or you know something like that where they can get a good idea of how much lean mass they have on them, feeding that alone is a better option than just feeding all mass. But I th- uh, to make things simple, honestly, just that one gram per pound of body weight is a, is a good starting point for most people. So for me, I weigh 208 pounds. I have 210 grams of protein per day. And it, it's not as bad as people, it seems daunting at first, but it's, it's not that hard to hit. That. It's not. No, it's, it's, I mean, especially if, I mean, if you, if they're hunters and they have a fridge full of, uh, of meat, I mean, yeah. just use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always turn it around on them. I'm like, are you eating you know, 210 grams of carbs because yes. I bet you hit that shit by noon, yes. right? So, you know, for, for me, and, and this is one thing that, that um, people, eggs, tuna fish, meat, it's not that hard to hit. Prote- like protein's not that big of a deal. So what they're thinking is I'm already eating all this other shit. How am I going to get the protein in? Where if you cut out a lot of the other stuff and then bring protein in, like- Protein is the base of all meals. Yeah. That's the way they should look at it is instead of thinking like, oh, I really feel like having potatoes tonight. It's like, no, no, no. I, what I, <laughs> <laughs> it should be, I, I really feel like having a uh, flank steak tonight. Yeah. And what do I want to put with it? Yeah. Well, and I, I said Amy's super good um, at this. So like last night we went, um, we got fish, right? So we had salmon and halibut. and well, Anyway, and she- our big thing was, do, so we got an air fryer while we're talking about healthy shit. I, do you have one of them? I haven't tried it yet. Mother of God, you should get she one. She made like kale chips or something? Uh, well, asparagus, right? So she made a, like asparagus in an air fryer is like the best thing in the world. But that air fryer, she made this. No, that was the night before last. So she made deep fried chicken without deep frying chicken in the air fryer. So it's all, it's gluten free. There's no, you, she basically, any, you know what? I'm going to fuck it up because I'm not a cook. She cooked it. <laughs> but it's literally the healthiest deep fried chicken, which is not deep fried chicken. You make it in an air fryer. It tastes just like fried chicken, except there's nothing unhealthy in it. Well, so with us, you know, we, we, we had asparagus or we had Brussels sprouts or salad where I, getting that to where we're just trying – I'm not trying not to have any carbs. Well, when I say carbs, we have salad, right? We have vegetables. Right. But people get confused because – Dense carbs. Yeah, when when you there's different types of carbs like uh, salad and a fucking potato is not the same type of carb. And I'm not a dietitian, but you can always I say eat as much veggies as you want. But if they Google it, a lot of people if you don't read into it, a car they're like a carb's a carb, and and technically there's there's a vegetable carb and then there's a potato carb. 
And when you look at the glycogen index, actually, do you want to talk about the yeah. glycogen index? So you're, you're actually right that a carb is a carb. I mean, yeah. uh, unfortunately it is, but the difference is, is you have high micronutrient dense carbs, mm -hmm. and then you have low micronutrient dense carbs. So an example of a high micronutrient dense carb would be something like spinach. It is a carbohydrate. It does have a little bit of protein in it. It does not have fat in it, but it contains tons of vitamins and minerals. Whereas a potato chip, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's got a lot of carbohydrates per, per weight, mm -hmm. you know, per, per serving, but it has almost no micronutrients. So it's not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit your metabolism like that spinach or broccoli or whatever. So when it, when we talk about then glycemic index, that's the rate at which the glucose reaches the bloodstream. And some foods, uh, have a high glycemic Im uh, impact. So in other words, as soon as you start eating, and this is any sugary food, let's just say like Twizzlers, right? Uh, lots of carbohydrates, no micronutrients, and it enters the glucose enters the bloodstream quickly. And then your body just dumps insulin to try to take care of that. Whereas if you have a, uh, a low glycemic index, uh, carbohydrate, we could say, um, an example of a lower one, even though it is higher on the range, it would be something like sweet potatoes, right? It's still, it's still a dense carbohydrate like, uh, the Twizzlers are, but the rate at which it hits your bloodstream is a lot slower. Therefore you're not getting a single dump of insulin and insulin is a complicated hormone, but really what it, what it does is it grows. It, it causes you to grow, right? Um, it tries to, um, it's the lock and key mechanism with the glucose. But the idea is that basically if you're eating too many carbohydrates each day, that you're releasing a ton of uh, insulin. And that just stores excess body fat on you because your body is like, okay, we're going to store this for when I need energy. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, cause I usually fuck this up. I always talk about a long burning carb. So when guys are talking about doing a, uh, let's say a long backpack trip in, um, if you, the night before I'm like, man, have a more long burning carbs, eat sweet potatoes or yams, something like that. Cause it takes a lot. You, you have to digest it. Yeah. Um, white rice. People are like, uh, after I eat Chinese food, I'm hungry all the time. White rice burns so fast through their body. There is maybe not truth to that, but there's some truth to that because white rice burns super fast in your system. Yeah. Um, and you could fill that with any kind of sugary food. Yeah, exactly. Where you talk about like a, a sweet potato, you're going to get a longer burn with that. Um, anyway, you're going to explain it better to me, so go ahead. No, that sounds right. Um, so again, that, that relates back to that uh, glycemic index. And, and anybody could Google glycemic index, and it'll give you a list of foods from very fast glycemic index to very slow glycemic index. So if you're curious about it, just look it up. But um, the you do. You, when, when you want to be satisfied for longer, you want those slow-burning carbohydrates. But I will also say this. In those instances like going hunting, uh, where you're trying to fuel your hunger for a longer period of time so that you're not having a snack all day long and get those smells out there into the, in the range. Um, I, I would skip carbohydrates altogether, except for maybe some leafy stuff like spinach, you know, just in your, in your eggs in the morning and just go with fat and protein mm -hmm. because fat is a very slow burning energy source that if you are simply walking with a backpack on. That's fully aerobic 
work. As long as their heart rate doesn't go over 140 or 50, because then they'll bonk. Exactly. Because then that's when you start burning a little bit of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when we're hunting, we're moving slow for the most part. We're not working super hard until we're packing meat out. Um, And at that point in time, when you do, let's say, shoot an animal and, and you're like, okay, work's coming up now. Now have your carbs. Yeah. Now have something like, you know, whatever bar you brought with you because the task at hand is about to get way harder. Well, and I, I talked to a, a buddy of mine. Um, he, he, uh, super, super fit dude, but genetically he had, uh, diabetes, I guess. Or, mm. Yeah. His, he was shooting his bow and his vision was bad and he couldn't see his pins. He's like, what the hell? Well, he was a diabetic, but the dude's fit. I mean, six pack abs works out every day. It was just genetic. And however that works out, well, he talked about his, his backpack food, the amount of size and weight, how much changed when he went to more of a, what I guess you like the carnivore type diet. So he could only have fat and protein, right? He could only, and before he had all these carbs. And so his, his pack weight went way down with that new diet, but he just had to pay attention to his Meaning if he was doing a 14-day backpack hunt, he couldn't have his heart rate spike every day for long periods of time because he would kind of conk or bonk. Yep. But he also said like as far as how he felt was 100 times better than when he was, you know, jamming down Mountain House and shit down his his throat. He didn't have a choice. He had to eat that way. But, you know, he, he said his digestive system was better, right? He didn't get clogged up. He had all these other bonuses to it. And so, I, you know... I've tried the non-carb thing for me. I have to have some. I have to have a small amount. I think I, I think everybody does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, have you guys ever seen that show Alive? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Alone? Alone? Yeah. yeah. We just had the guy that won on. Jordan. Oh, really? Yeah, Jordan was on. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, so just watching those guys, like, you know, some of those, one of the guys shot a, uh, was it Jordan that shot Jordan the moose? Jordan shot the moose. Yeah. yeah. So he, he was starving to death despite eating pounds of meat a day. Yeah, remember that Wolverine ate his fat. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you son of a bitch. He ate all his fat. Killed so just, one of them. It just yeah. goes to show, though, like, you know, you can't just eat protein. Like, you have to have fat. And fat is really, I mean, your myelin sheath is made of fat. Um, so, I mean, all these things that allow you to feel good and think clearly, fat is one of the primary nutrients for aerobic exercise. And that's what those guys all were missing unless they were eating fish. Yeah. Because yep. the fish is high in fat. Well, that's how you die from protein poisoning is eating rabbits because they're so lean, you can die from just eating rabbits. So the mountain men learned pretty quickly they had to eat the guts, the brains to get some fat out of that rabbit because a rabbit is so lean. Right. Um, which it's it's interesting, like with the alone, the, the show, right? Because those people get fat, fat to, to, to have more to, to lose, yep. which totally, I mean, if I was going to win it, I'd, I'd get fat. But when you look at the amount of weight lost by those, you know, guys and they're eating every day, yep. uh, but they're not eating a ton. Um, they don't have a choice, obviously. Where like with Jordan, when he got on there, one of the reasons I wanted him to, I think he could have never left, right? With just watching the dude was just a freak of nature, right? And most, you should listen to the podcast. He's about the most humble. So he lived like a hobo for like three years with his brother, just di- dumpster diving, taking trains around the world, right? Literally on fucking purpose. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, let's just go travel the world. Well, you know, he, when he was out there, it was literally like putting, I mean, sheep, you know, sheeps to the wolf, like sheep to the wolves. Like he was born to do that. He had traveled to Russia and lived in these tiny little camps and in teepees and huts and shit. Well, then you stick him on alone and I'm like, 
fuck, I can't believe they put this guy on here. Like he was made to, to win to, it. To win it. Yeah. Um, well, he was on Rogan, right? At Rogan saw him on ours and then Rogan got him on on his. And so I think he said he lost how much do you remember how much the he, fat he had was like, you know, thirty thousand calories in fat that, that Wolverine ate. Yeah. And so he got to a point he's like, I guess I'll just eat meat until I die and give up. He's like, I you know, there was not anything he could do. Uh, but he had harvested all the, the fat off that. Mousse. Yeah, he rendered it right yeah, rendered in that it, jar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to watch. But it's just a good. It's it's a good point though. That's just like we're not going to thrive on meat alone. But if 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 you're if you're out in the field and you are hunting, like the best combination is protein and fat because your heart rate's never getting super high. Yeah. And it's like you said, small. It's packable. Yeah. And fat is abundant. Like it doesn't take many, you know, nuts or peanut butter or whatever. And to, to make up a thousand calories very easily and that can sustain you all day long. And I would say, um, you know, you can, the only time you're going to hit over a hundred calories an ounce is with fat, right? Like, you know, you want to stay at a hundred calories per ounce of food when you pack your, your, your food together. So if you're going to, you know, if you've got 32 ounces of food a day, you've got 3,200 calories roughly. Um, Obviously, protein's a little bit less and fat's a little more, but the highest caloric intake you can get is fat. Got a lot of fat. Yeah. So when we make and dehydrate our backpack meals, we extra virgin olive oils and we just coat it in that before we dehydrate it just to have that higher caloric intake as well as, as the fat. But what are you taking in nowadays, Frank? Are you paying attention? Caloric intake? Daily? No, yeah. I, I don't track it. Yeah. You just eat when you're hungry. and Yeah, it's kind of the same as you every two to three hours and yeah. try to have a pretty decent amount of protein and then some carbs. Like I, I like eating sweet potatoes. I don't eat a whole sweet potato, but a lot of times I, I'll cut them up into little cubes and then bake it with uh, like a bunch of veggies. So squash and tomatoes and stuff, or um, sometimes I'll have like a little bit of quinoa and then like the fats like avocados and or peanut butter or something like that. Yeah. Do, what do you do? You agree with the um, after a heavy workout to to eat within fifteen to thirty minutes of that workout for your body to get the most out of the nutrients you're you're putting in? Yeah, you know, I, I just go based off of studies, and studies show that your body's most uh, receptive to replenishing carbohydrates uh, with lower amounts of insulin post workout. So, um, you know, generally, what I recommend for people who are trying to lose body fat is to try to center most of their carbohydrate intake, especially those dense carbs, the sugary carbs, uh, in your post-workout meal. So for me, like I love, uh, the combination of coconut water with a protein, uh, with a protein powder. So I'll drink one of those huge 30, whatever, six ounce, I think it's 36 ounce, uh, coconut waters, coconut yeah, waters. Big ones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, with two scoops of protein. And that ends up being somewhere around like 65 grams of carbs and, and 35 grams of protein. And, uh, it makes me feel great for the next day. I feel recovered immediately. So generally if I, if I forget my post-workout meal, when I go to the gym and I am, end up doing some stuff, you can just feel it, right? You're low in carbohydrates or you're, you're kind of brain foggy a little bit. So I do think that that's a good method to kind of follow. And then how do you feel as far as, because you, you know, everything that I had read, like you say, the studies was your 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 anabolic you're the, you're at the most you're you're at the highest anabolic rate after a heavy workout 30 minutes or less that's when you want to take in all the like the calories like you're talking about yeah i also um 
By the way, anybody listening, what he just talked about, coming from a fat guy, don't drink those fuckers all day. That is really good post-workout one time. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the problem I get is that I do that same thing you do. So yep. I have a low-carb protein powder, and I mix it with the coconut water. Yep. Yeah, it's like fucking heroin, man. If you if you you can't eat them all day if you're a fat kid. I can't cuz no. yeah. But that's one one of the things after a long road march basically. Yep. I have that same giant can and then I mix two scoops of protein powder with ice. Yep. Dude, it's like, it's like drinking a milkshake. Oh, it tastes delicious. Oh, it's unbelievable. But you want to make sure and do that at the right time. So don't be drinking those all day. But what do you think about starved cardio? Like do you agree with that first thing in the morning for a especially I've noticed my body type that is the best time for me losing weight is to do first thing in the morning, wake up, do cardio, don't eat until after the workout. Do you yes. suggest that to people? Yes, I do. So um, if they're trying to make uh, uh, adapt to fat, uh, to burning fat, that is an excellent protocol, which is you know 20 to, to 40 minutes of fasted cardio at a low heart rate. So like when I say low, it's probably like zone zone two, zone three at the highest. Um, and if you want to know about those zones, again, just Google that stuff because it, those are all estimations based off of age and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that zone two kind of just like jogging pace, you know, you can talk full sentences to the person next to you do that for 20 to 40 minutes on a fat, uh, totally fasted, just water. And, uh, it's great because you're teaching your body to use your own body fat as a fuel source for that exercise. Because when you're aerobic, you're burning fat, uh, you're metabolizing fat to create energy as opposed to when you're anaerobic, which is what most CrossFit workouts are, you're, uh, you're burning mostly carbohydrates. So if you are carrying excess body fat, sometimes CrossFit, even though it's great, uh, you got to add in those aerobic sessions at least twice a week. And I always tell guys to keep it simple. I call it base miles. Like I'm like, put in your base miles to lose fat, um, you know, 120 or less, you know, whatever, 110 to 125 heart rate. And again, I'm only repeating shit other people have told me and what worked for me. But one thing that, that for fat guys initially is if you can get up and just walk around for an hour and keep your heart rate, you know, yeah. without anything on your stomach, I'm like, to simplify things, I'm like, you're just burning fat, dude. So you just keep walking around. Just don't let your heart rate get too high. Obviously, that's easier said than done. But when the guys come back, I've sent been like, hey, rather than, hey, I've earned this and eat this crazy meal. And this may be bad advice. So I'm asking you, I'm like, you know, you can take three eggs and a scoop of protein powder, low carb, mix it up, right? Um, and make protein waffles, right? Yep. And then, um, you know, date syrup or agave or whatever, like the healthier sweetener or peanut butter and use that, you know, the, the peanut butter or jelly, whatever. That is much better than I just walked an hour and what most guys do, stop at the gas station and grab two donuts. And they're like, well, I earned this. You just fucked up everything you just did with two donuts. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and those are the things where I say like supplement and cheat. I say cheat, but finding a way around the donut problem was protein pancakes with, and I had all natural peanut butter, and then I I would put butter on them for the fat, and I would just use very healthy butter, naturally grass-fed butter. It worked. I mean, I was able to stop eating fucking donuts and Butterfinger in the morning right on the way to work, right? Stop at the gas station and grab whatever. Yeah, so uh, to speak to what you were saying about the heart rate, uh, we found a pretty good uh, subjective uh, heart rate goal for that. And it's 185 minus your age. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a good heart rate for most people to shoot for that aerobic threshold, yeah. um, to, to, 
if they're going to sit there and watch their watch as they're walking or jogging or rowing on a on an erg or on an elliptical or whatever yeah. the hell they're using, just look at that. You know, for me, I think it ends up being about 140, 142. That's where I'm about at. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a very it's you're not going to be breathing very hard. You're yeah. going to feel like oh this is this is pretty easy. And if you can do that two to three days per week, you're going to see some great benefits. And and like you said. Don't, don't fuck it up afterwards. Yeah. You just did all this great work for yourself. Have, e- even a diner breakfast is better than stopping for donuts or anything like that. Just go get two eggs, yeah. uh, a side of bacon, and a little tiny bit of hash browns. Yeah. And I, I mean, man, I, I'm probably talking too much on this part. This has been a lifelong problem for me, right? Like I have a fucking eating disorder. Like I have an <laughs> issue. So believe me, I'm not saying this because I'm like the skinny guy. You, for me- that was a huge problem. I do this crazy, you know, uh, what, 15, 10, whatever, like this crazy, like we'd backpack into a lake and then I'd stop on the way back and eat four peanut butter bars and six pieces of pizza. And everything I did is gone, basically. I, I've, I have to, I may not be uh, behind, but I'm certainly not ahead. Everything has canceled itself out and working on not canceling out your, your hard work. And yeah, it, it can be difficult. So um, I guess one more questions we've had you on here forever one more like if you were going to give advice for people just starting out like exercise like point blank program like hey no you know, no gym membership no weights what would the exercise program be and then talk just a little bit more about the rubber bands like hmm. if you're going to go spend 300 bucks 300 bucks what do you you know somewhere in that neighborhood what do you, what, what are you going to get for equipment Okay, if I got 300 bucks, now I'm just going to guess because I don't actually know what all this stuff costs, but I would I would get a set of 20-pound dumbbells, 35-pound dumbbells, and 50-pound dumbbells. And then I would buy three bands. I would buy a micro mini, a mini, and an average band. And those those three bands and, and those weights, you can make a, fi- a pair of 50-pound dumbbells with an average band weigh 250 pounds if they're sitting on your shoulders and you're standing in the band, a lot of these exercises are really difficult to kind of, uh, describe, but like you said earlier, there's a lot of resources on YouTube now where you could figure all this stuff out. But, um, you know, I write a program, it's called train for the wind thrive. Uh, and we, we use a larger complement of, of equipment than that, but not anything like you don't need a rope to do rope climbs. You don't need, uh, you know, sandbags or sleds or anything like that. We, we just barbell, uh, if you, if you got a power rack, that's great. If you got a bench, that's great. But we always provide, uh, scaling options for everything, both equipment and, and loading, uh, so that whether it's a beginner or an expert, they all have an option. Um, but I think like, like you were saying earlier, um, starting is the biggest obstacle and then just simply being consistent. It doesn't have to be perfect every day. It doesn't have to feel like you won a battle every day. Some days you might go into it and just be like, well, I don't fucking feel like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I did something. Yeah. And yeah. you just walk your your way through it and don't worry about intensity, but just get yourself through it because for the rest of the day, you can feel successful about completing something because consistency is king. 100%. Um, if you work out five to six days per week, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You are going to see the benefits and you're going to reap the, the rewards. And so is your health. Yeah. So where can people um, find you at? And is your, is your wife, does she offer services for the diet and nutrition? Yeah, she does. Um, she works 
uh, one-on-one with people and she's awesome. Her, uh, her Instagram handle is how most people reach out to her. It's, uh, at Sherizzle, uh, C-H-E-R-I-Z-L-E on Instagram. Just direct message her. She's awesome. You guys will love her. Um, but for me, just reach out on, uh, Instagram at Matt one Chan, uh, or you can reach out on email at, uh, my, my email address is Matt at trainftw.com. And, uh, I'm, I'm always willing to, you know, answer as many questions as possible. Um, as long as they're, a, a directed question. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> well, what do you think I should do? And it's like, <laughs> well, I, we get that's like arrow build. Right. Well, my, my arrow is 29 inches long. It's flying funny. Gonna need more info. A lot more info than that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm always happy to answer people. And if you want to start a conversation on Twitter, I do that thing too at the same handle, Matt, at Matt One Chan. Cool, man. Well, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, yeah, you know, I've, uh, I'm going to speak to Kafaru just a little bit. Um, last year I picked up a Kafaru bag. I think it was the Muskeg, mm-hmm. uh, one of the bigger ones. And, uh, it replaced, I'm not going to say the name of the company. Um, but it replaced a bag that is of similar quality and price. <laughs> and, uh, I used the former bag to carry out my elk last year and the Velcro that adjusts, adjusts the size of the torso mm-hmm. just ripped, just ripped. <laughs> and it ended up sagging. You gave away what that back <laughs> is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was sagging down to my butt cheeks and rubbing my ass crack raw. And, oh, it was just such a bad experience. And then I was able to pack out a few different animals later on in the year with the Kafaro bag. And, uh, <laughs> night and day difference. Night and day difference. It, absolutely incredible. So, uh, glad you like it. I, I don't like it. I love it. I'm, I'm being honest <laughs> about that. Like, it's cool that you guys are right down the street from me too, to be able to come in and have it fitted and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a great experience using that bag last year. I'm glad, glad you like it, man. Whatever you need, let us know. We actually, we got Gaethje coming in. Too bad you're, like, we could get like some kind of Royal Rumble going. If you <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. learn any fight skills in your times of CrossFit? <laughs> yeah. You familiar with Gaethje? Uh-uh. Uh, he just, um, he he's going to fight the... Khabib in, in September for the, uh, I guess, what is that? The light heavyweight or no, the lightweight, whatever the hell weight class he is. He just beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. Oh, he, okay. Their gym's like one block up from us. Oh, okay. So he's, he's coming in to bullshit with us but another deal like with fitness wise like you know what the human body's capable is pretty freaking amazing i I would have to say though um this is probably one of the more informational podcasts we've done for nutrition so i really appreciate you you know coming in oh yeah no problem you know honestly like that was just based off of years of just fucking with it and (laughs) trying to figure out what what would give me the best performance and uh now that's totally transitioned from, you know, performance to now longevity. So I've had to kind of figure that shit out too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you again for coming in and, uh, we're probably going to have to have you come back. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fucking questions that come from this <laughs> yeah. one. So I appreciate it. Let's do it. it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for Thanks, tuning man. in. Thanks guys.